Good morning. I need y'all's help again. Um, let's see. Let's have all the girls sit over on this side. Macy, can you come sit right here on this side? And Connor, come over here on this side. Y'all are going to help me with a story this morning. Who knows the story of the three little pigs? Y'all know that story? Okay. Well, the people on the back row might have a hard time hearing us this morning because I'm the only one with a microphone, so I need y'all to be really loud this morning, okay? I'm going to retell the story of the three little pigs, and every time I say pig, I want the boys to oink, and I want the girls to howl like a wolf, wolf when I say wolf, okay? And if, if I mention sheep, I want everybody to go back. Okay, y'all practice. Let's hear some pigs. You have to be loud. Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> okay, and how like a wolf. Oh! Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, what about sheep? Okay, here is the story of the three little pigs. The story begins with the mother pig, and she sends her... What? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, she sends her three little ones out in the world to make their fortune. And so the first little pig <laughs> builds himself a house out of straw. And the second little <laughs> builds his house out of sticks. And the third little Builds his house out of what? Bricks. That's right. So they each built a house, but along came the big bad wolf. All right. The wolf knocked on the door and said, Little pig, little pig. Let me come in. But the little <laughs> said, not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. So he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house in. So the first little pig ran away <laughs> and went to his brother's house. And they were hiding there, and along came the big, bad And he knocked on the door, and he said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the little pig said, Not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. So he huffed, and he puffed. And he blew the house in. So the two little pigs ran to the third brother's house, and they were hiding inside, and along came the big bad Oh! And he knocked on the door and said, Little pig, let me come in. And the little No, the big bad wolf said. <laughs> Where am I? 
he knocked on the door and said, let me come in. And he said, not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. So the big said, um, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. And so he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed. But that house was made of brick and it didn't fall down. So the three little pigs were dancing around singing, Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? <laughs> the big bad wolf. The big bad wolf. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? Tra-la-la-la-la. Because they had put a pot of boiling water in the fireplace, and when the big bad wolf tried to come down the chimney, he fell in the water. Huh? And then he flew out. And then he flew out. Okay. Well, there are lots of stories about a big bad wolf. I know y'all have probably heard about Little Red Riding Hood. I've heard a story about the three little wolves and their big bad pig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! And the big bad pig. Okay. (laughs) And there's the story of Peter and the wolf. But did you know that there is a story in the Bible that Jesus told about a big, bad wolf? And it's right here in the book of John. In the story that Jesus told, he is the good shepherd, and he talks about the sheep. Participation is allowed. So Jesus... In his story, like I said, he's the shepherd. He represents the shepherd, and uh, we are the sheep. So much. Bah. Okay. And um, the the wolf in this story represents the enemies of God. And so Jesus said... um, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. If if there's a hired hand, and he sees a wolf coming, the hired hand is going to run away because he doesn't really care about the sheep. But the shepherd loves his sheep. So when the hired hand runs away, the sheep will scatter. That's right. Uh, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Um, Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I will lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are his sheep. That reminds me of what God said through Isaiah. 
the prophet Isaiah, he said, um, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's how Jesus feels about his sheep. So who's afraid of the big bad wolf? God is going to care for his own, for his children that he loves. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for sending Jesus Christ to be our good shepherd. He gave his life for us, and Father, we praise you for that. Help us to follow him and trust him and to protect. And Father, we just pray that you protect us from the evil one. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed be the name. Let's stand together and sing this.
one son to become a wrath absorber for us. We deserve your wrath, God. But you did not spare your own son so that we could be called children of God. worship you this morning. We ask that you would just fill this place and change our hearts. Do what pleases you this morning in this place, Father.
себе. Well, good morning. It is good to be with you again. My name is Zach Harrell. Uh, I am uh, the network missionary, the area missionary for the Heart of Texas Baptist Network. And I was with you, I guess, back in August. Uh, and so it is good with, to be back with you here uh, this morning. I just want to bring greetings to you from the Heart of Texas Baptist Network. And I also uh, just want to give you kind of an update of what's happening uh, with us. Thank you for your generosity and your prayers that have helped us uh, continue our ministry through this crazy year. Uh, and uh, God has been gracious to us uh, through the gifts of his people. Uh, I love the association, the Heart of Texas Baptist Network, <clears throat> because I know the church needs unity. And the church needs to come together around the gospel. And the world is divided. The world's angry. The world's full of fear and hate. And it needs the church to be united in the love of Jesus, to show the love of Jesus. And so that's our heart. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about that we have coming up is we have been in conversation with the Southern Wisconsin Baptist Association, the southern part of Wisconsin. And their uh, director of missions, his name is Mark Millman, about a partnership between our two associations about us being able to help them, uh, and specifically with some churches that are being planted uh, in their area, and them being able to come and help us. Uh, so you can be praying about that. I'm taking a trip in June uh, to meet and go on the field and see what that partnership may look like. Two of the things we're talking about are partnerships. Uh, two of the partnerships we're talking about are with church planners. One is a, a young man who's planning a Spanish-speaking church in Madison, Wisconsin. And he, uh, the first Sunday in June is their first Sunday to launch their church. And so we're thinking about what a partnership with him might look like. And the second one that I'm really, uh, really excited about is a partnership with a church planner named Issa Safadi. And he has planted uh, the Arabic church of Milwaukee. It's an Arabic speaking church right in the heart of Milwaukee that is sharing the gospel with Muslims uh, there in Milwaukee. Right down the street from where the church meets is the largest mosque in all of Wisconsin. There of a church uh, that is through the pandemic has actually grown to a church of about 60 people, all Arabic speaking, and they're in a neighborhood surrounded by at least 20,000 Muslims. And so they are sharing the gospel. Uh, their church is reaching out with the gospel each and every week. He's going home to home sharing the gospel. Uh, and so uh, we are talking about how our association and the churches of our association can partner with him and how we can help financially, how we can support him with sending people, how we can pray for him. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to meet him actually in June, and he is going to come to our annual meeting in October and be here. Uh, and so I'm hoping uh, that some of us can get to meet him uh, in October. He is a really neat uh, guy, a really good missionary, and a really great pastor. And so we are uh, have been talking with him about what it would look like for the Heart of Texas Baptist Network to help him reach out to Muslims, not only in Milwaukee. One of the crazy things is he had never done a live stream, and you know how we all had to do a live stream starting last year. He had never done a live stream of his sermon. And uh, he began that within the pandemic, and I talked to him a month ago. And they, uh, the Saturday before when they have their services in another, they meet in another church's building. On the Saturday, they had the worship service. In the Arabic world, his sermon had been viewed 15,000 times. 
And so um, he is making a global impact, uh, and so we are hoping to partner with him. Uh, and you'll be hearing more about that as all that kind of comes together. But I just wanted to ask you to be praying for us as we're looking at that uh, and how we can unify our churches, not only for our area, but for Wisconsin, uh, to help partnership in North America here and around the world in different ways that we never even dreamed of. You know, we think of, we've thought of this last year, and there's been so much heartbreak and suffering, but man, God is doing some amazing things uh, with that as well. If you have your Bible with you this morning, I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 41. It's going to go right along with uh, the uh, children's sermon we just heard. And one of the promises of God is in Isaiah chapter 41, we're going to look at verses 8 through 10. <clears throat> of Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 through 10. In church, we talk a lot about the valleys of life, about the moments of suffering, about loss, about grief that all of us experience in a world broken and marred by sin. And we should talk about it because it's the reality we live in. There are those who try to get us to avoid it. We've all seen it. People who preach on TV or the radio or write books and tell us that if we just had enough faith, we wouldn't go through those valleys or that brokenness. But that's the exact opposite of what the Bible shows us over and over and over again. The Bible isn't written to help us escape the brokenness of this world. The Bible is written, inspired by God, to help us walk through these valleys faithfully. The Bible was written, inspired by God, to reveal to us where our help comes from in the middle of those valleys, to communicate to us the power of the gospel and the hope that it gives, to show us the love of God that is evident everywhere we look in this world. The question is, will we see this love? Will we cling to that hope? Will we trust in the faithful God who is always with us and for us and who is making all things new? I love the word of God because the Bible is honest about the reality of this world. It tells us exactly what this world looks like. It tells us exactly how broken this world is. It is honest with us about the things we will walk through. And it always points us to the God who has done something about the brokenness of this world. The God who has defeated Satan's sin, evil, and death at that wondrous cross and in that empty tomb. The Bible helps us make it through this world, through these valleys, because it reveals to us the God who is sovereign over this world, the God who is sovereign over our situation, the God who is sovereign over our lives. The Bible reveals to us God's plan and purpose for the world. It reveals to us the power of God. And it reveals to us the love of God. It shows us that God is sovereign. He sits on the throne. Every inch of this creation, every inch of our lives is a, goes according to his plan and his purpose. Nothing catches him by surprise. He is sovereign over every inch of this world. And that is good news because he is love. 
He is sovereign and He is good. God has not left us alone in our valley. God does not leave us alone in our suffering or our grief or our, or our loss. In fact, He has come for us. He has come to make all things new and He will come again to establish His redemptive kingdom forever. Jesus has come. He has entered into this world and into our lives. We are never alone. That's the great promise in John chapter 1, isn't it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 says us, tells us, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love the way the message paraphrases that verse. It says that the Word moved into the neighborhood. We are never alone. God is with us. And we know that because the Bible reveals the good news of the gospel, the incarnation of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and the promise of his return. The Bible shows us the faithfulness of God from the moment this world was created to the moment into eternity where God will reign and his people will know eternal life in the fullness of his glory and love. The Bible reveals God to us and helps us walk through the craziness of this world. And one of the main ways the Bible helps us, the Bible sustains us, the Bible moves us through the valleys, is through the promises of God. Where God speaks through the author of the book, or the psalm, or the letter, to communicate to us His character, His nature, His work in us, and in the world. And by God's grace... We have been given promises over and over and over again throughout these pages to help us in our moment of need, to strengthen us in our moments of weakness, to go with us into the valleys of our life. These promises reveal God to us. These promises remind us God is with us and for us every moment of every day. The Bible is honest about the world. And the Bible reveals to us the one who is with us every step of the way in this world. And the one who is redeeming and restoring and resurrecting. This morning I want to turn to one of the promises in Isaiah chapter 41. It's one that I hold on to in my life. It's one of the promises that has helped me over and over and over again. We need God's promises. We need to know God's promises down in our bones. We need them as a foundation to build our life on. We need them as a raft to hold on to when the waves seem overwhelming. We need them as a balm for our souls. We could turn to page after page and find a promise from God for us. The scripture is filled with them. But I want us to focus our hearts on one this morning. To encourage us whenever we find ourselves in the valleys of this life to help us, maybe even in this moment, this week, to remember who God is and what God has done. So let's look at Isaiah 41, verses 8 through 10, and come back and make two main points from this promise of God through the prophet Isaiah this morning. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 8 through 10. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, 
descendant of Abraham, my friend. I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Two truths from this promise here in verses 8 through 10 that I want us to see that give us hope in the midst of the suffering and brokenness of this world. Number one, God has called us. God has called us. When we doubt if God is for us, if we doubt that God is with us, when we doubt if God loves us, may we remember that God entered into the brokenness of this world. He moved into the neighborhood. That God came for us. That Jesus died for us. And that he calls us into life, into joy, into salvation, into knowing and loving him and being known and loved by him. God has called us. He has called us out of death and into life. He has called us out of brokenness and into wholeness. He has called us out of sin and into forgiveness. He has called us out of despair and into hope. He has called us out of chaos and into peace. He has called us out of hate and into love. God has called us out of worry and into joy and out of fear and into faith. God has called us. We know God is with us. We know God is for us because God has called us. Speaking through Isaiah to Israel here in our passage, God says, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring, the descendant of Abraham, my friend, you who are brought from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and I have not rejected you. I have not cast you off. Our ultimate hope is in the love of God for us. Our ultimate hope is in the love of God for us. And we know the love of God for us and the calling of God on our lives. God calls his people. He <coughs> calls them to come and find hope and joy and meaning and purpose. He calls from the corners of the world out of every tribe, tongue, and nation. He calls us out of our sin and our shame and our guilt. He calls us to be his people, his bride, his servants, his friends. He has chosen us. He has called us. And he will not cast us Just like that passage in John chapter 10 where he says, I know the sheep, the sheep know me, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Those he calls, he keeps. And nothing, nothing 
Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. No sickness, no moment of suffering, no loss, no valley, no sin, no action, no word can keep you from the love of God for you. That's a promise we can cling to, church. He will not cast us off. We cannot outrun his love. We will not outsend his grace. We will not go into any place in all of this creation where the presence of God does not go in front of us, beside us, and behind us. He has called us. He has called us to know his love, to know his power, to know his grace, to know him. God has called us to know him. And this is greater than any gift of his grace we receive. He is our portion. He is our hope. Cling to that truth. Respond to his call. Come home and know his love. God has called you. He is calling you this morning to know him, to trust him, to follow him, to hear his word and do what he says, to live the life you were created to live, to live for his glory and his kingdom, to lay down your life and your way for his. He is calling you. He is calling you out of shame, out of the burden of guilt. He is calling you into abundant life to know he will not cast you off, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Too often, too often we live as if God just tolerates us because he has to. But this passage shows us he doesn't just tolerate us, he calls us, he has chosen us. We are his and we are even his friends. God has called you. He has called you to live your life in faithfulness. He has called you to follow where he leads. He has called you to love. God has called us. And this is encouraging because verse 10 tells us that what he has called us to, he will equip us for. He will equip us and help us to fulfill this calling. Verse 10. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. God has called us. And the second truth we see that gives us hope in the midst of the valleys of this life is that God is with us. Verse 10 is one of these promises that have been the bedrock for my own life. In fact, I quote this verse to myself almost every day. It has helped me through almost every moment of fear and the trials that accompany it. Accompany it. This is a promise from God to us. This is a promise to help us. This is a promise for us to hold on to and to remember. This is a promise where God reveals who he is and what he will do for us, those he has called. Fear not. Verse 10 begins. I know you've probably heard it many times, but it's good to be reminded that the most given command in all of Scripture is that command. Fear not. Do not fear. It is easy to give in to fear. It is easy to let fear run our lives. It is easy to walk in fear and make decisions out of fear. Fear can cripple us. 
Fear can keep us from seeing God's glory move forward. Fear can keep us from seeing the kingdom of God at work around us. God does not want us to live in fear. Fear not. There are seasons in our life. There are moments in our life where it can be easy to let fear in, to let fear reign, but we don't have to. We don't have to give in to the same cycle of fear and anxiety over and over and over again. God says here, fear not, do not fear. How? How do we obey that command to not fear? How do we crowd out fear with faith? By knowing promises like this and trusting them and the God, and the God they reveal. Fear not, verse 10 says, for I am with you. The truth that God is with, with us is the truth that helps fight against the fear. Fear not, for I am with you. Sometimes the ones who are with us make all the difference. And the sovereign king of the universe is always with us. Jesus came into the world as Emmanuel, God with us. And so if we ever doubt that truth, the promise that God says, I am with you, if we ever doubt that truth, would we look to Jesus? Would we look to the gospel? Would we look to the good news that Jesus entered into this world and into our lives? He saved us. He has forgiven us. He is always with us. Every inch of the world belongs to him. And everywhere we go, he goes with us. Walk by faith in that good news and that hope and that tr truth. Where we go, Jesus goes. Fear not, for I am with you. Remind yourself of that truth this week when fear seems to be overwhelming. Remind yourself of that promise Fear not, for I am with you. Verse 10 continues, Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Or the ESV says, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. The truth of his presence is good news because of his power. He is with us, and he is our God. These are the bedrock truths that build the foundation of our faith. God's presence and God's power. It is good news God is with us. And it is good news because he is sovereign. All things answer to him. All things bow to him. Be not dismayed for I am your God. The God of the universe is with us. The God who created the world by speaking it into existence the God who through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is making all things new. The God who has defeated death, evil, and sin that causes so much of our fear is with us. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I am with you always. It's a promise to encourage us. It's a promise for us to hold on to. God is with us, and he is God. And then the last line of verse 10, he says, last two lines, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
I'm with you. I am God. He's revealing to us who he is first. I'm the one who's made all things. I'm the one who sustains all things. I'm the one who's going to redeem all things. And I am with you. Every moment of every day, I am with you. And then he makes these promises to us. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up. He doesn't say, I may. I could. He says, I will. I will strengthen you. God gives us strength. It may be strength to just take the next step. Say the next word. Do the next thing. But it is still a gift of his grace. When we are weak, he is strong. One of the ways we let go of fear is to admit our own weakness and to rest in the strength God provides, to rest in the truth that he is God, that he is on the throne, and to trust him. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. I will help you. Our help comes from the Lord. What we face, what we have to do, where we have to go, God will help us. Far too often we look for the help that we can only find in God, in others, in money, in possessions, when our help comes only from the Lord. He is our help because he is our hope. Look to the Lord, ask him for help and trust this promise, I will help you. He will help us when we need him. He is always faithful to do what he says he will do out of the overflow of who he is as righteous and holy. I will help you. And he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. God will help you endure. And when you can no longer go in your own strength or in your own power, he will hold on to you. He will uphold you. When you feel like you can't do it anymore, when you feel like giving up, remember this promise. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand he will hold you up he will move you forward he will help you endure and persevere and hold on to his promises sometimes in our strength we can't go on sometimes we need someone to hold us up sometimes we need someone to take us by the arm and lead us towards faithfulness and endurance and that is God's promise to us here. When we are called, 
when we belong to him, when we are his, then he will uphold us with his righteous right hand. He will fight the battle in front of us and he will win it. He will make sure we endure because he will complete his work in us. His love will see us through. His presence will give us peace. His power will lead us home. He will uphold us. He will hold on to us. Trust that word this morning. Maybe you're in the middle of a valley. Maybe you're walking through a moment of darkness. And you need to be reminded that the light of the world has come. And that he will hold on to you. Nothing will snatch you out of his hand. These promises can always be trusted because these promises have already been proven in Jesus. In his life, in his death, in his resurrection. Jesus is the down payment of the promises of God. Or as Paul says, all of the promises of God find their amen in him. God will help you. God will strengthen you. God will uphold you with his righteous right hand. In the reality of life in a broken world, we need the promises of God. God calls us out of death and into life, out of sin and into salvation, out of fear and into faith. Know you were called. Know you were loved this week. And trust that the God who calls you is always with you. That the God who calls you will help strengthen you. That the God who calls you will help you. And that the God who calls you will hold on to you. Build your life on the promises of God. Cling to them every moment of your life. And trust his word. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your promises and your word this morning. You are faithful, always faithful. And your word reveals to us who you are and what you have done. I pray this morning, wherever we find ourselves, whatever situation we are in, would you remind us of these promises? Would you take the seed of these promises and plant them deep in our hearts in this moment so that when we find ourselves in the valley, the fruit of these promises would bear itself in our lives and we would know that you are God, you are our God, that you have called us, that you love us, that you sustain us, and that you promise us that you will help us. You will strengthen us. You will hold on to us. Let these promises be what we cling to this week. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.
as we go from this place, be glorified in us and teach us to rest in you in all things. In the name of Jesus Christ alone we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.